Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome to the debut episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and with us is my co-host. He is known for having bad Wi-Fi. He is Ryan Meadows. What's up, Ryan? I thought at first you said having a bad wife, <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's rude <laughs> yeah, and yeah. untrue. Yeah, yeah, definitely not going there. We don't. Uh, we know... <laughs> We know the missus is a, is a beautiful, perfect person. She's um, a saint to allow me to come on here with you weekly. And if y'all don't know, she's listening. So we're 100% <laughs> our, her biggest fan. Um, and so, yeah, I would never talk bad about the, the wives <laughs> club. Never. Um, but this is the, this is the first episode uh, of Grizz 901. Uh, we've been with free basketball uh, for a little bit, and so uh, we're coming over to be uh, solely with the lead sports media. Uh, this week is uh, is going to be a debut uh, just across the board with the audio in general. Uh, there's a lot of cool things happening. Uh, the Leeds Podcast Network is also debuting uh, September the 20th, so if you're listening to this on a Monday, so is the Podcast Network. So if you want to go check them out, we together are releasing a show uh we flip-flop roles for that uh ryan's the host on uh free basketball uh, and so he kind of just uh drives the engine the car uh i guess you can't drive an engine can you don't you can't do that um yeah so probably I not am, the engine by itself yeah, yeah i'm the dummy if y'all if you are do not know about us i am completely the dummy of this group so uh but but let's get into a little bit about daniel the Grizzlies. daniel is the rear view mirrors of the vehicle <laughs> yeah, i'm there if you need me but i'm not really like needed not, not the, the main not the one in the middle the two yeah. on the side yeah. <laughs> yeah. like i'm there like use me i'm available but like you don't have to um but yeah let's talk about the grizzlies this is uh i'm excited about the season that's uh that's coming up this is uh away from the grit and the grind area like that was its own area. That's own era just in general. Now it's taking on a life of its own is the, the Grizz next gen, right? The, the young guys, it's John ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Officially like no more Jonas. Uh, and so we're heading the direction of the young guys. Uh, we, we've now making crazy trades. Uh, they're playing NBA uh, 2K with their trade machine. Um, and so Zach and the, the guys in the front office are doing a very good job. Uh, we have questions about that. That's not going to happen on this episode. Um, you're going to hear a great interview uh, coming up in a, in, a, in a few minutes, but I want to kind of get to know our co-host just for a second. Um, we know about the Grizzlies and, and we know about just kind of the time that, uh, that we all are fans. So let's ask you the question. You're a fan of the Grizzlies and, and you can tell a little bit about your fanhood and I know you are a big fan of KD and you've kind of followed him for a little bit but tell us a little bit about your fanhood uh you are a Memphis guy but we want to know about who you're a fan of and now a little bit more about the Grizzlies and what you like uh, about them 
So I am a newer fan, if I'm being honest, um, but I was a huge fan of KD. And so by that extension, I was an Oklahoma City Thunder fan for forever. Uh, So during that whole run where it was basically the Thunder, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers who were kind of in the middle of the road, you know, trying to all fight for that other spot to play the Spurs or the Mavericks, um, I was a hometown hater during that stretch. And mm. that was the whole, during the, the core three, you know, Mark, uh, Mike, and Zebo. I was, I was the hater of that because I was a fan, a super fan of Kevin Durant through that whole run. Um, and then my fandom kind of died after KD left for the Warriors. Um, and I know it shouldn't have killed my fandom for that because I followed him for whatever it was, eight years or a decade right. um, religiously, like knew everything about the stats, all that kind of stuff. But it died when he went to the Warriors. I hated it. I did not like it at all, especially the previous year when they were up 3-1 series on the Warriors themselves and should have closed that game out and won the mm-hmm. NBA Finals. Um, I hated it because they were that close to winning an NBA Finals and they just choked a 3-1 lead. Um so I was kind of like wandering the NBA desert, which is probably why uh, I'm the host of free basketball, because I just became more of a general NBA fan. I tried to know a little bit about every team and everyone that was on those teams. Um, so it's probably why I like hosting that. But the Grizzlies had really turned um, the past couple of years, probably the one that solidified it. I would go to Grizzlies games. Um, but wasn't hugely into the team, was interested by watching other players. And it started when me and Cody, who's a co-host on Free Basketball, went to watch the Kings because I wanted to see De'Aaron Fox. And that was Jaron Jackson's rookie year with the final year of Marcus All, where Mark was just really not even playing at all. Um, and it started to get me into the Grizzlies because Jaron Jackson just absolutely dominated Marvin Bagley, who was the number two pick. <laughs> And I was like, okay, this guy's going to be really good. Maybe I'll start following this more. Um, so I followed the Grizzlies more closely. And then what finished it is the next year, they drafted John Morant, and we got those two together. I'm like, okay, I'm in with this duo, which probably is a direct copy of how I felt with them drafting Kevin Durant years ago and then the next year getting Russell Westbrook. Uh, so I feel like I'm kind of in that same kind of thing again. So that's where it solidified it for me to where now, okay, this is my team. These are my guys um, going from a huge fan of one player to having no one at all to, all right, I'm here. I'm not a hometown hater anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hometown promoter Uh-oh. hating on everyone else. I so like now it. that is my job. So I'm happy that you asked me to do this because I think it's a lot of fun and I think the Grizzlies deserve um, I know they already have people who talk about them religiously anyways, but we can't hurt by adding to the discourse. Right. Right. Um, And so hopefully we can add something different to what the normal discourse for Grizzlies fan and maybe bring some levity, maybe bring some rationale, who knows. Uh, But that's kind of my NBA fandom story and where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I've been, you know, and we won't get to me at all. You know, we can, we have plenty of time um, to dig into my 
my fanhood uh, for sure. But I, um, I've been a, a Grizzlies fan since day one. I, I'm a big Shane Battier guy. I'm a big Duke guy. And Shane Battier was my favorite player uh, there at Duke. And he was, he's probably. Like Duke? Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. just barely. Um, you know, I know nobody else sure. should know I, that. But... I, I really messed that up. I thought you were into Wake Forest. I couldn't remember. <laughs> the Demon Deacons. <laughs> big Purdue uh, guy. Yeah, big Purdue. Uh, I'm a <laughs> boilermaker. But I um, I I really do, you know, just I, I, I love this team. I, I think that the Grizzlies are a big part of the city. Um, and I think that they embrace the city and they really just kind of, you know, play, you know, towards that style, a little underrated at times. Uh, John Morant uh, was not a thought of you know, a really, really a great player. You know, he wasn't highly recruited. Um, and so I think that now, you know, I, the Grizzlies, this young team is getting um, a lot of, you know, deservingly so a, lo- a lot of big promotion around the league. And a lot of people are liking them. A lot of people like John Morant. Um, and so I, I just, I, I'm a big fan. And so I, I think that our name, that was our biggest struggle in the very beginning is f- coming up with a name uh, that fit this city, that fit the team. And my first thought was the 901. And so that's kind of where the name came from a little bit. And so we kind of had to play around and, and Ryan's idea was pretty much let's do Grizz because nobody calls them the Grizzlies around here. You, you call them the Grizz, like that's what it is. Um, and so that's why we are, Grizz 901. So we're going to do a lot of cool things. Uh, this is uh, the very start. Uh, we're going to do some uh, different things. We're going to have interviews um, and you're going to hear a, a great interview this week. Um, you're going to hear one of the best uh, people and, and a guy that really just, um, he gave us a lot of time and allowed us, uh, allowed us to ask a lot of questions. Uh, Ryan had, I think, 50 more questions um, as you hear through the interview. Uh, but it's actually going to be a two-part interview so you'll hear the first half uh this uh on this episode and then next week um you know it's the same thing monday we're going to release on mondays you'll hear the second half of that interview and so you're going to enjoy it i know uh so go ahead and stick around for that and and stick around for us uh make sure you subscribe tell your friends so we can make sure so we can continue this um and what it is and and the special debut episode so so thank you enjoy the interview Today's interview we have with us a former Memphis State University basketball player, a six-year NBA veteran. In 1987, he was the league leader in rebounding in the USBL. He was also on the same Spanish team as our very own Mark Gasol. And last but not least, he might be one of the nicest humans you have ever known in Memphis. He is Hank McDowell. What's up, Hank? Fellas, uh, I'll tell you what, compliments beyond belief on that one. I have to correct you. Mark and I were not on the same team. We played in the same city. Yeah. <laughs> I was Hold about on. to say, that might be a little misinformation there. And honestly, the leading rebounder in the USBL, I had totally forgotten about that one. You're welcome. I'm not sure that's real. <laughs> Listen, I have spent a couple of days just looking for some random facts. And I found with the, um, uh, the Rhode Island goals in 1987, yeah. you were the league leader in rebounds that year at 10.6. I got I'll tell you what, I, that one summer, I, I think that it lasted like two, two and a half months, something like that. It, it was a blast. Really? 
it, it was just, it was just fun. I was there to play basketball, there to uh, figure a couple of things out, and it worked out. Yeah, I've still got that uniform. Wow, <laughs> that that's a throwback. That's what you got. You got to hang that one up. So Tell that's me. what you're wearing tonight. Styling <laughs> uniform. Right. <laughs> All right, Hank. Let's uh, let's get this going. We do a game we call Clutch Time. Uh, this is a pretty much. It's very simple. I ask a bunch of stupid questions. And we only have one rule. Will you give us your best stories and keep the stupid ones and the bad ones to yourself? And some true ones. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because this is the debut episode, we have our very own Hank McDowell here. I got to bring it hot with the first question. It'll probably get the biggest chuckle out of you, but you got to choose between one or the other. Kids or grandkids? <laughs> so good well i have to have kids to get grandkids so I, i'm gonna go with grandkids on this one because i purely adore these two little girls lila and libby joe uh lila with patrick who's soon to be four and libby joe will be two coming up so yeah i just i we just float we we adore them it's hard work being a grandparent let me just tell you yeah. You know, change diapers you got to get them fed and then you get to hand them back and they say they would have never said had they not come over here right you just got to keep them alive that's what I, i'm like just keep them alive it's all good hand them back <laughs> the way you got them all right well this gets a little easier from here uh pancakes or waffles waffles okay no. all right well uh the first car you bought after being drafted see after being drafted well it would have been after i made the team with the golden state warriors and i want to say <laughs> it was a used like 1972 monte carlo Ooh, fancy. the warriors the, the warriors had a used car guy over in san francisco so i had to take my rental car over to san francisco from the oakland side and go to this cart lot, it was just not nice. <laughs> but it fit my financial uh, needs at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. I'm not even sure what happened to that car. That's when I left Golden State and went to the Portland Trailblazers, I left it in the care of a friend, and I might have just left it with him. <laughs> I, I don't know cars, but the Monte Carlo now, you might get some money for it, a, a 72 it wasn't worth what I paid for it then. <laughs> it sounds you uh, kind of left it on purpose. And then you're like, hey, can you watch this for me, please? I'll never be back. I, I can tell you this. When I got to Portland, I bought my first new car in Portland. It was a Saab 900. Mm. And I would still have that car today if we didn't have children. Yeah. Mm. It was a two-door. Yeah. Yeah, you it can't was, do that with kids. It was a great car. All right, let's keep it going. Uh, question number four, uh, what's your nickname? Skinny Palmer. Skinny Palmer. That's your, uh, that's your Twitter handle, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, who, gave, who gave it to you? High school. Uh, I was in wow. the, I believe I was in the eighth grade. He was in the ninth grade. A guy named Mike Childs. Never heard it before. I don't know what we were doing, but somehow Mike just all of a sudden one day blurted out Skinny Palmer. Obviously, I was really skinny, and I could palm a basketball. 
And he came up with it and it stuck and it's just been there ever since. I see. I always thought it was about the drink, maybe like the Arnold Palmer. I was about to say, were you a big golf fan? I, that's <laughs> what I went sure. A diet Arnold Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a diet lemonade or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, number five, one fad that you rock the hardest. One fad that I rock the hardest. Uh, today's culture, you don't tuck your shirt tails in. Yeah, so you're still, still doing shirt, it. Still a shirt tail tucker. That's one thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I never got into skinny ties very much. Yeah. So I can't really claim that one. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with just tucking your shirt tail. The, my biggest pet peeve would on a golf course with a person's shirt tail t- untucked. All right. All right. Duly noted. Just I was about case. to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not invited. The- yeah, I do most of the time, but sometimes if it's really hot, I'll let it hang. So, all right. Uh, these are two music questions. Uh, we'll pair them together. Uh, your favorite music artist, as well as the best concert. Mm. Uh, my favorite musical artist uh, growing up was David Bowen. Okay. And, and to this day, I still listen to a lot of his music. Tom Petty would have to be my absolute favorite. Um, best concert. No hat, no doubt about it. Hands down, um, saw Roger Waters, the founding member of Plink Floyd. Okay. Um, Roger Waters in Nashville about six years ago. Uh, and he was doing the wall show. And then about two years after that, I went back and saw Roger Waters again. And that's the second best show I've ever seen. Wow. No, I, uh... hands down, no doubt about it. That's that's amazing. I've never. I don't know who Roger Waters is. Honestly, I, that's you know terrible. Pink Floyd is. Yeah, but I don't know who the name. Know who Pink Floyd is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Pink. Well, the Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. They got in an argument a few years back, about twenty, to be honest. Okay. And he wasn't allowed to do their music, play their music for mm-hmm. a number of years because of contracts. Well, right. when he, he came out in a big way, and, and those shows are fabulous. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. See. Little things like that. I never would have known that. Uh, all right. Last three questions. Uh, top sporting event that you've never been to? Ryder Cup. Ooh, that would be a good one. I would love to go to a Ryder Cup. I just don't know whether I'd rather do over there or here. Mm. I think over there just to get I, the full effect. I would say that. That that makes more. It just seems like it'd be more, you know, with the, the country being you know, elsewhere, you know, across the globe. Um, I, I think that would be so much fun. I agree. Um, all right. Number nine, favorite Grizzlies moment personally, just for you. Mm. The time Zebo. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, the Clippers took him down. Um, Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. <laughs> I just went blank. Yeah. yeah that little uh, takedown moment. Uh, that was one of those moments where the crowd was just stunned for a brief second and then just fired up. Mm-hmm. Another one would include Zebo. Um, during the heyday, the, the best, best moments and the playoffs, and we're leaving the, the arena. And the crowd is filing <laughs> out. The mezzanines are packed. And they're they're chanting Zebo Zebo and MVP mm. MVP. I mean, it's just moments like that that um, I'll never forget. 
you know, uh, my first win, uh, actually, as the Grizzlies announcer at Utah, Eddie Jones, 48 footer to win a game at, at Utah. Uh, that was good because I was like, over 13 at that point. <laughs> the team was horrible and our broadcasts were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. This last one. This is my, uh, this is the one I always use last. It's, it's the most thought provoking. We'll say, uh, it's a little bit long, but, uh, you're starting or taking over a team, a business, you're owning a business as you already do, whatever, but you're owning a business. What four other people are you bringing in to run it with you and why? Wow. Um, wow. First it would be my wife, Carol. That's the best answer you can give. I, she's right around the corner listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we've been business partners for 30 years and including marriage and everything else, close to 40. Um, so I look at her financially and how um, her brain works on bookkeeping, banking, financing, and everything else. Absolutely. She'd be the first choice. Gosh. Three more? Really? Three more. It can be anybody in the world alive. It's my only rule. Anybody alive. <laughs> it can't be your best dead friend or something. Nope, can't be him. Can't help. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, three more people. Um, uh, uh, I, a guy, a friend of mine named Tommy Joseph, I would have to. Um, Shout out, he, Tommy. A good friend. Um, just retired at, at International Paper. Um kind of on the top floor of international paper. Mm. So bringing that kind of a business mind to, to it would be very helpful. Um, long time buddy, Willie Allen, not that he brings anything to the table except for a good sense of humor. And uh, <laughs> he would keep the place up because he was one of those handy men, do it all kind of thing. So right. if the lights went out, he could fix it. If a button fell off, he could sew it back on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> That that one, Willie's no doubt about that one. Um, and then maybe another buddy of mine, Gary Stavrum. Um, he's done well in the business world himself. And he fell asleep on a Halloween night at a campfire, a fire pit. We had a fire pit. He, we were neighbors at that point. And he kind of fell asleep um, till about 1 a.m. That, that's when we became really tight. Because all the kids had gone to bed, the housewives, they were gone. Everything's gone except for us. We're sitting around the fire waiting on, I guess, a goblin or something. <laughs> and we, we kind of passed out. Yeah. Gary's awesome. That is awesome. All right. So shout out Gary, Willie, Tommy, Miss McDowell. Shout out. That's a, that's a foursome. Oh, it, it's a good one. We can fix it all. We got brains. Can't fix a thing but business-wise would be just dandy. And then me and Gary could hang out. <laughs> that's, you got to have that guy with you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's the, that's clutch time. I, I love doing those questions. They're fun. Um, they're off the wall. Usually I'll ask something about, you know, your favorite dinosaur or something, but these are mainly all handpicked from your oldest son, Patrick. He, oh, no way. He, he picked these out of the, the, my running list that I always use. So, um, so hopefully, he did okay on picking out the right questions, but, uh, but let's go ahead and get into it. We've uh, I know we have some questions we have for whether it's your career, uh, just kind of talking along the timeline of the Grizzlies and kind of what you saw, uh, just kind of picking your brain. So we're going to let Ryan go ahead and uh, see what we got. 
Yeah, I get to uh, lead off. This is exciting. Let's go, Ryan. <laughs> no, I, uh, you already mentioned about being drafted. And right. the first thing I want to know, you're drafted in the fifth round because I did 10 rounds back then. Yep. And is that a situation where you were sitting around waiting by the phone? Or did you have any idea you're going to be drafted at all? Like, did somebody let you know beforehand? Like, what happens? Like, they just leave a message on your voicemail or something? And you're like, oh, I'm part of the Warriors now. Like, what? I'm sure we had a voicemail back then. Or, or <laughs> really, I don't think we did. Um, you got, you know, this is 1981. Um <laughs> there is no texting, there is no computers, there's nothing like that. So it's, it's all by phone or certified letter. Um, I had uh, luckily got to go to the Portsmouth Invitational, which was a seniors only event. And on that particular team that I got to play and somebody else got hurt and they called me up and said, come on. Um, I was on a team with Larry Nance. You might remember that name. Uh, I think he had a pretty good class, right? I think he had a pretty good pro career. Yeah. Anyway, so we're I'm on his team. Um, I played. I don't know if I said six minutes total in that game. We lost that game, um, and then the 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 winners of other games got to pick up the better players. That kind of thing. So Larry Nance got picked up. I did. Um, So what happened in that game was. I, I played uh, sort of a normal, my, my kind of game, physical, reasonably intelligent. And I made one jump shot from the top of the key uh, without hesitation. And the scout for the Golden State Warriors saw it. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, what I did in those six minutes, he took in and um, thought that that was the guy. Now, before that, though, Houston had contacted me because somebody else saw it, and I thought I was going to the Houston Rockets. Mm. You know, there's no ESPN. There's none of that stuff. So I'm just sitting there, and uh, I thought I was going to the Houston Rockets. Well, then the day of the draft, they traded and got Elvin Hayes, Mm. who's a pretty good power forward and center. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was all right. Yeah. Right then, I'm thinking uh, this Nick could probably going to be a good situation. Well, then Golden State pops up. The phone rings. I'll never forget this. The phone rings, and I go into the kitchen. I hobble into the kitchen. My left foot, I broke it. Wow. Okay. It's wow. early. Been a cast, and I broke it. And I go to the kitchen, and I get the wall-mounted phone off the off the wall with a 25-foot tangled-up cord. And I'm talking to the Golden State Warriors, and they say, congratulations. Uh, we just picked you in the fifth round, number 102, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we'll be in touch in rookie camp, and we'll send you airlines tickets and da 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 so, Yeah, everything done by mail. And I can still remember talking to them on the phone, looking down at my foot in a cast. Mm. And uh, there's – pretty good story that goes with that too but that that was drafting <laughs> did you tell them that you're in a cast Ooh, or no, you're just no. like no i'll be there <laughs> but i never 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 mentioned it really <laughs> um, <laughs> well what what happened and sort of i i believe at that point my foot had been in a cast for three weeks i'd been told five weeks the camp the rookie camp at that point 
started, I, I believe it was three weeks from then. Mm. So I, you know, I thought I'd be okay. No, I think it was a month. It was a month from then. I thought I would be okay. So I go in at five weeks, Dr. Sisk at Camel's Clinic. Um, he does everything and he says, Hank, you need another week. So I just went from having two weeks to prepare to one week, mm. which was, I can remember crying on the way home because I'm like, there, there's no way. Mm. And uh, so I get the cast off. I've literally got one week. Um, he tells me to walk around for a couple of days. I go home and jog three miles. Wow. Um, I'm ready. I'm, I got to go. I got to go. I go about four days on my own doing working out in a gym, doing whatever I can do. Da, 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 and I'm, I'm going this in and up. So I called my old high school coach and he said, meet me in the gym, seven o'clock. I threw up every day, <laughs> every, I mean, it, it, I touched a basketball, but most of it was just running, conditioning, start, stop, up bleachers, down bleachers, blah, blah, blah. I, I literally threw up every day. Wow. I got to camp and I was probably one of the best conditioned players there. And so they signed you and you got to play with Bernard well, King. Well, that was rookie camp. And, okay. And rookie camp, um, I, you know, you're going 110 miles an hour. Sam Williams, Lewis Lloyd. Um, I can't remember who. Those are the two bigs drafted in front of me with Warriors. And um, I remember on the, I think it was the last day or the morning practice of the last days. We had two days. And I was holding my own, but you never know what's going on. Right. I sprained my ankle really bad, mm. really bad. Ankle just rolled over, touched the floor, that kind of thing. And I limp in. I'm sitting in the um, dressing room with my foot in a bucket of water, ice water. And in walks the general manager, Scotty Sterling. And he sits down. And he, he's like, how's your foot? I said, man, it, it's, it's a bad one. Da, da, da. You know, chit chats. It's kind of low key. There's nobody else in there. And he goes, well... I just got to tell you. And, and he said it. So I was like, oh, oh, heck. Yeah, this Here. ain't good. And uh, he goes, we all agreed. You're going to invite it back to uh, veterans camp. Wow. And I was, Holy, you know, that would be a thing. <laughs> cold water doesn't hurt so bad. <laughs> so then I started the rehab process all over again to get ready for veterans camp. Because that, that ankle was, it was bad. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I, I I totally forgot about some of those warriors. Like, was that Bernard King that was towards the tail end of his career? I forgot to look up. Or it, was he kind of in the middle? But It was on his rise. Okay. Oh. I couldn't remember if that was. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was a tail end or at the beginning. Because, yeah. I mean, you also were on the same team with one of the most famous basketball names ever, World Be Free. Um, <laughs> World Be Free. This is my story with World. We're, we're, he took me under his wing, and I don't know why, but he did. He kind of – He watched gave, those eight minutes? He felt I – mean, yeah. Hit that top of shot. I, I, think, I think the main thing he's told me was, you just give me the ball. Um, <laughs> but he kind of took me under his wing and kind of helped me and guided me a little bit. And then there was something else I did during the lunch break, which helped me as well. Uh, but this is this is a true story. Me and World were on the same team in a scrimmage, and there was a long shot by the other team. 
the ball comes straight to him at the free throw line. I'm out on the wing and I just take off. I'm running down the right side of the floor. He's got the ball come up the middle. One defender. There's one defender and I'm coming out. I got my hand out and I'm thinking he's going to throw me the ball because we're pals. Well, I go, Lloyd, and my hand's out and he pulls up and shoots a three. (laughs) (laughs) After practice, I said, dude, why didn't you pass me that ball, man? I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. He goes, my name and Lloyd. <laughs> oh, and I was like, no, 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 no. You, uh, he hadn't changed his name over at that point. Oh, okay. Called <laughs> himself world, but it wasn't official. His name was still Lloyd. And I told him, I said, your name is Lloyd. <laughs> I'm trying to make a name. <laughs> my name and Lloyd. It's world. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. But, yeah, that was that was it. Um, Bernard King, uh, absolutely one of the best players I've ever seen, especially coming down the left side of the court, dribbling left-handed on that sideline. Mm-hmm. He owned it. And he owned that side of the court for about four years because uh, he was with the Warriors. He got traded to the Knicks. And when he, when he was with the Knicks, I think is when he averaged 32, 33 points a game, a couple of years, 26, 30, 33, that kind of thing. Yeah. He was a bad man on the basketball court. Yeah, I, that was kind of going to be my follow-up question was, you know, who was a guy that, it, you know, as we get further away from generations, we always forget about guys, right. you know, right. and we remember just like who were the stars of that era, right? So it's like, is there a role player, you know, that was awesome that no one remembers now that sticks out to you? Like could be a teammate, a guy you played, like somebody who was awesome, you know, like for current Grizzlies, you know, we like Kyle Anderson. He's really good. Kind of makes the glue team stick together. Does everything offensive, defensively connecting everybody. Like, was there a guy like that when you played that no one really talks about, but deserves some credit? Well, I mean, I could I could look back on you know on the teams that I played for. Um, I could you know think a, bit, a little bit about oppositions, but um, like for the Warriors, uh, Purvis Short, uh, mm. Larry Smith, who was from Mississippi, he was a starting power forward and just beat people up. Purvis Short from Mississippi also on the team high arcing jump shot you you just don't think about people like that when you mention his name to most people that they have no clue when you go back to people of my age group and uh, basketball fans they would certainly know a perfect short high mm. arcing just beautiful jump shot nice guy great guy blah, blah blah always there a professional things like that portland trailblazers you know I would like to say Michael Thompson was a role player, but he was a starter, and I believe he was a one-time All-Star. Mm. So it's hard to call him a role player. But what he did for the play uh, for the the Blazers at Jim Paxson at, at shooting guard, he was the key to that thing. Michael Thompson was like second, third, fourth option um, all the time, and he didn't care. I mean, he just didn't care. Jamaican, he had a happy-go-lucky attitude. It was fun to be around him. Um, let's see. Clippers. Here's a good one. Um, when I was with the San Diego Clippers, um, they drafted Derek Smith out of Louisville. Now, 
at Louisville, Derek Smith was like a small forward. He wasn't a guard. In the NBA, he had to play guard. We had the same agent, Ron Grinker. Ron called me one day and said, Hank, when you get to the arena, tell Derek to get in the hot tub and don't get out. <laughs> they were going to cut him. Oh. They were going to cut him. Derek Smith went from not getting out of the hot tub and have a, having wrinkled fingertips um, to, I believe, a one- or two-time All-Star. Wow. It kicked in for whatever reason at the end of the, his rookie year, and then the next year it kicked in. He went from the hot tub to a very good role player to starting sometimes to an All-Star then he went to Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it, it's, it's players like that, that that I liked and associated with more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Houston Rockets. Uh, Robert Reed. Allen Level was the uh, backup point guard on that one. Um, very open-minded as far as his basketball goes. In other words, he's open if you like him. And, and, and it's... <laughs> But he is one of those players, he knew how to play the game, he knew what had to be done, blah, blah, blah. He was a big part of that team that I was on, luckily, to go to the World Championships in 86 and got beat by the Celtics. He was a big reason for that team. And a lot of people don't know that because you got starters and that's all you see. And then you got this guy who comes in for 10, 12 minutes, you know, he walks out with three or four assists and six or eight points and you don't think much about it. But he did a solid job. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They're all over. The, they're all over the league. Every team. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of like the stuff that I like, like the unsung hero kind of. Because that was kind of my role too, you know, do the dirty work stuff. And I wasn't near level you were, but um, it, it, I just always appreciate those guys because I knew what it took to just get a little sliver of the court time. You did whatever it took right. to get on there, and well, so you're... I always like those kind of players. You're either fighting for a, a spot on the team or you're fighting for minutes on the floor. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's the, the, the fight just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. You know, a lot of the uh, big names, a lot of the all-stars and things like that, they can kind of rest and rest on their laurels. And some of them get better and some of them don't. You know, some of them are just good no matter what happens. Say Dominic Wilkins. He's just going to be good no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah. There's other guys like me, Daniel. There, maybe you got to you got to get them get to work to be good. <laughs> you can't rest, and and that 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 was the cool and the hard part of being in my position, being drafted number one hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a very select crew to say that you were drafted in the fifth round and made an NBA <laughs> team. There's not very many people I can say that, right? I, I'm gonna give you here's a here's a bit of trivia. Name me three players. Oh who, God. Yeah, <laughs> there are three players in NBA history drafted in the fifth round that played three or more years. Wow! All right, I got one. Hank McDowell. <laughs> well, figure that out. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Lorenzo, no idea. Okay. he was also on your team. Yeah, was he? Yeah, and Charlie Scott. He played for Phoenix for a number of years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Because I saw that. For three years. I saw Lorenzo was on that Warriors team. I didn't realize y'all were drafted in the same class. Man. Birthday, November 13th. 
Really? Wow. Small world. Man, what an interview. Hank is a good dude. As I said before, he's probably one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet here in Memphis. And uh, Ryan got to ask a lot of questions for uh, his playing career. Um, and he had his nerd alert, you know, beeping and going off the whole time. I could see the smile on his face as he's talking about these random dudes that I don't have a clue who they are. Um, but Ryan, what, um, what was, uh, was it, what was so special for you or, you know, what would you just love about that? Well, first off, the nerves are kind of coming down for me because this is really the first person I've interviewed that was a former NBA player, right? So it's nerve wracking, especially someone who's been on TV and radio as long as he has, like, I'm sure I said like a million times in the interview (laughs) and I I'm sure that annoyed him and he hated it. Uh, but I just trying to get through the questions, which I not just general, you know, what everybody would ask somebody I'm trying to ask, you know, interesting things that people might not know. So the stuff where he's talking about, um, the guys from each team, I, I love that kind of stuff because nobody ever talks about that. Like I had to go while he was talking with Purvis short and look at his stats. I mean, this guy averaged like 18 points per game a year. Like yeah. <laughs> nobody knows that. Right. Uh, and so I, I really enjoyed talking to him about old school NBA um, and the story he had with world be free, you know, um, <laughs> it was just cool for him. It was just very nice of him to take time out to yeah. talk a little bit about his playing capacity, his, you know, radio stuff. And obviously the journey that he's on right now medically. Um, so we are absolutely wishing the best for him and everything goes okay. And I hope he gives me a pass for all the likes I said, so. <laughs> <laughs> he will want to talk to me again because I'm, I was chomping at the bit, but too nervous, you know? Yeah. To, well, uh, um, well, I, I stupid, which I'm sure I did. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Hank and his family, uh, pretty well, uh, his mainly his son, Patrick, but I, um, he, he invited us to, uh, ask more questions, uh, enjoying a, uh, a nice beverage somewhere. So, um, <laughs> I don't think we, uh, wore out our welcome just yet. Uh, so we'll definitely have to, uh, to oh. ask more questions or, or there's plenty of time. Them. There's plenty yeah. of time for me for yeah. sure on a, <laughs> on a Sunday watching NFL football. Why not? But, uh, yeah. but as, as Ryan uh, alluded to, it is um, we, we stopped the first part of the interview because it, it went on for a long time, just as at the end of his, you know, kind of playing career. And now we're going to head into his broadcasting career, what that kind of looked like. Uh, and then, you know, the medical part, the, the family part, uh, where he is right now and, and really what, um, his direction is on, and, and, and really enjoying life. Like, you know, and that's what he talked about. Um, and so you'll hear about a lot of, uh, the people that he shared, you know, the mic with, um, you know, wh- whether it's Eric Hasseltine, um, I asked a question about that. You're going to want to stay for that one because, um, I think that Eric Hasseltine doesn't get his just due, um, with just how good he is. Like everybody talks about Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight, and they are amazing. They're my favorite to watch, especially on TV. Uh, but if you give me a, a, a radio guy, uh, man, give me Eric Hasseltine all day. But, but that's all we have. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for uh, just, you know, just enjoying this debut episode that we have. Uh, we're going to have more. Every Monday, you're going to hear the Grizz 901. And throughout the season... 
Uh, we're not going to, you know, hold steady to a certain day. Uh, but during the week, whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you're going to get another, uh, a shorter, a much shorter episode because we want to be able to give you a little bit uh, throughout the week, uh, talking about the games that are being played, uh, maybe any uh, information that's come out, um, you know, whether it's a trade or somebody's injury or just talking about just the games. We want to make sure you give you the content that you deserve. So throughout the week, uh, we're going to have, whether it's a solo pod uh, with just myself or Ryan joins me or it's just Ryan, uh, we're going to give you a little bit during the week. So just kind of make sure you're watching for that as the season gets going. Uh, it'll be mid-October when all that, uh, when you start seeing the season uh, get underway. So, uh, so that's all we got here this week. Be nice and tell your friends.